When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, y'all. So in this week's little mini-sode, we're going to explore something related to last week's episode on the H.L. Hunley. So if you haven't had a chance to check it out, be sure to do that. It's a really interesting story about a Confederate submarine that goes missing after it makes history as the first combat submarine to sink a warship. Well, while this ship was certainly the most well-known sub deployed during the Civil War, Historians actually estimate that between the Confederacy and the United States, there were at least 20 subs constructed for use in the war. So today, I'm going to tell you about another one, a submarine that didn't mysteriously go missing, but instead one that was found. And the mystery was where she came from in the first place. A dredge crew working near the mouth of Bayou St. John in New Orleans uncovered a 20-foot-long iron submarine. At the time, they didn't much care for what they found, so they left the old iron vessel on the levee, where she sat for almost two decades, decaying in the humidity and heat of southeastern Louisiana. Then, around 1895, the sub was relocated to a nearby amusement park dubbed the Coney Island of the South. This park was located in the area known as the Spanish Fort on the bayou near Lake Pontchartrain, close to where the sub was found. Soon enough, the mysterious submarine became a bit of a local curiosity, and eventually, it was believed to be Horace Hunley's pioneer, the wealthy Southerner's first successful attempt at building a sub. Of course, why the ship had been found where she was wasn't much of a surprise. Bayou St. John was a natural waterway that drained the swampy land around New Orleans into Lake Pontchartrain. While its existence predated the city, in the 1800s, the bayou served as a go-between for commercial vessels, traveling from Lake Pontchartrain through the bayou into the New Basin Canal and then on to the Mississippi River. This made Bayou St. John an ideal location for the testing of submersibles before they were sent to other locations or set loose in the lake or the Mississippi River. The 
submarine remained at Spanish Fort until 1908, when she was moved yet again to the grounds of Camp Nichols, known as the Old Soldier's Home, since it was occupied by Confederate veterans. She then sat there for about 30 years, and during this time, neglect resulted in degradation and damage to the sub's hull. So in the 1930s, concrete was poured inside the old iron vessel in a well-meaning but rather misguided attempt to conserve and maintain the ship's structure. Then, in 1942, the Louisiana State Museum acquired the artifact that was still believed by many to be the pioneer. The ship was then displayed in several spots around Jackson Square and the French Quarter, before eventually finding a home under the shelter of the arcade on the ground floor of the Presbyter, a spot where I actually even saw it as a kid in the 90s on elementary school field trips to the museum. But by the time I saw the old Civil War relic, it was pretty clear to historians that this was not the CSS pioneer. Here's a little clip of last week's episode to jog your memory. named Pioneer. The boat was 35 feet long, about four feet high, and almost completely round. She required three men to operate, one to steer, and two to turn the crank that powered the propeller. The Pioneer was launched in March of 1862, and although she was slow, fragile, and prone to leaking, she worked. And as a result, she became the only submarine to receive an official commission in the Confederate Navy. But the CSS Pioneer never saw action. On April 25, 1862, after New Orleans fell to Federal troops, the ship was scuttled in the New Basin Canal in an effort to prevent her from falling into enemy hands. Eventually, the Federal troops were able to locate and raise the Pioneer for an examination, and according to a newspaper article from 1868, they then sold her for scrap. As you just heard, there's no way that the sub found in Bayou St. John was the Pioneer. Constructed of riveted iron, the Bayou sub was 20 feet long, 3 feet wide, and 6 feet deep, significantly smaller than the 30-foot Pioneer. And if this wasn't enough to prove the misidentification, the fact is, the Pioneer had already been pulled out of the water by Federal forces, who studied her and then sold the ship for scrap. So now we're left to wonder, what vessel did the dredge crews actually pull out of Bayou St. John back in 1878, and why was she there? Unfortunately, we might never know, as there are no known accounts specifically referring to a submarine in New Orleans named anything other than the Pioneer. So what we think we know about this ship which is now referred to as simply the Bayou St. John sub, is pure supposition. On the other hand, it is possible that some of the early reports thought to be referring to the Pioneer may have actually been about this mystery vessel. The earliest accounts of a Civil War submarine 
came in June of 1861. Word spread through the Crescent City that this type of vessel was under construction and it would help prevent the United States from successfully blockading the Mississippi River. But these reports began months before work on the Pioneer began. So could this have been the Bayou St. John submarine? Another account came years later from a federal officer who provided what he believed to be the history of the CSS Pioneer. But his story includes an incident that resulted in the deaths of two men, possibly enslaved, who were taking the ship on a test run in the lake. But the Pioneer was not involved in any such event, so it's believed by some that this story is actually part of the history of the Bayou St. John submarine. Of course, when she was built is also unknown, as well as who built her. Some believe it was the work of a local shipbuilder named John Hughes, who owned a shipyard on Bayou St. John. The mystery vessel has some similarities to another sub built by Hughes named the Manassas, a submarine mortar. These mortars were designed to ram a ship and discharge an explosive beneath the waterline, and the Bayou submarine was similarly shaped. But unlike the Manassas, she could completely submerge beneath the water. Additionally, the Bayou St. John sub would have been incapable of delivering a large enough explosion on its own to effectively damage the hull of an enemy ship. Instead, she would likely have been fitted with a wooden spar that carried an explosive on the end in the same way as the H.L. Hunley was designed. Bayou St. John's submarine remained on display in Jackson Square until 1999, when she was moved for conservation. The concrete that was once meant to preserve the vessel began causing a part of the hull to corrode, so it was removed, and for the first time in almost a century, the interior of the ship could be viewed. Today, the ship is on display at Capitol Park Museum in Baton Rouge, Louisiana but the question of its origin is as much of a mystery today as it was when it was found almost 150 years ago. My name is Brandon Schecksneider, and you've been listening to Southern Gothic. Southern Gothic is an independent podcast that I produce with my sister, Brianne Schecksneider. If you enjoyed this episode or any of the work that we're doing, please come on over to our Patreon page and help support the show. But if you're not able to do that right now, please follow the show in your favorite podcatcher and leave us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. We'll be back in two weeks with another full-size episode. We'll see you then.
What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? You get us, Queen's Podcast. And here at Queen's, we are spilling the tea on all kinds of women from history. From New Orleans voodoo queen, Marie Laveau, to Marie Antoinette, and everything in between. Each queen is paired with a cocktail recipe that will totally get you in the mood to hear the fun, dramatic, and juicy stories of fascinating women from history. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers! Hello, my name is Matt, host of the Pirate History Podcast. Pirates rank among the most mythologized and romanticized of all historical figures. It can become easy to forget that pirates were real people that had real-world concerns. If you like tales of high seas adventure, daring do, and also want to learn more about who Blackbeard supported to be king, you can learn more about all of that at the Pirate History Podcast.